0: Hello friends. Hello friends. Welcome to another episode of the Pacers Pod. I am excited to do this one. It's been a little it's been a little while. It's overdue. Um We're getting close to, uh, to the next season here. And there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on. Uh well actually not a lot of stuff. Um but more like some big news. Uh, since the last time I recorded an episode Um like so we hired a new coach so going into the 2020 2021 season now we got a new coach his name is Nate Bjorkgren um, he is from the Toronto Raptors who he was an assistant coach from with Toronto the past two seasons um he's had a bunch of different jobs. He's had a very interesting career, which I'm I'm definitely going to probably get into later on. Um, so I want to talk about the new hire, uh, on this episode. And then I did some like player recaps. So basically, um, I got five guys from last season and these are going to be what I consider the, the, the bottom third of the roster. Um, So kind of run through that just kind of what I thought about those players and then maybe like what, what, what might happen going into next season, what we could look for. And then just uh, basically wrap it up with a little bit of uh, information about the new season. Um, It's, it's coming right along. And so I'm excited. It's, I don't know what it is. Uh, It just, you know, I think maybe just having the election over. Uh, So it's, it's Veterans Day today. It's November 11th when I'm recording this episode, and so the election's over. Um, I don't know. It still feels pretty crazy out there right now, but I think it feels better than it did before. And it's just interesting. It, it's it, I don't know how everybody else is out there, but like for me, it's just a it feels like a season of change um, with my work a lot. It just like it feels like we're just changing all the time and. Um, I don't know. I think that might, I wonder if that's, you know, how a lot of people out there are feeling these days, just things, just things just aren't what they always seemed. And it's, it's just weird. So um, I don't know. I guess I, I just feel like now after the election, hopefully, hopefully things just kind of calm back down a little bit and uh, we get back to a normal that we can all be happy with. Um, But anyways get off my soapbox there what was I going with there um oh yeah just just um like I'm feeling I'm feeling good and and I'm feeling good and, and we got the the NBA season is coming is coming back so we don't know uh, I would imagine yeah, there's there won't be fans or there will not be like full capacity like we won't have you know normal back um which god I hope we get to that right like to be able to go to the games again with the packed house um but I don't know. I don't know if we'll have that or not this next season. So uh, even though that's not the case, there's just so much going on with the Pacers, the new season, what's our team going to look like? Um, so yeah, I think it's time, it's time to pod, you know, it's time to Pacer pod. Um, so Nate Bjorkman, new head coach, obviously Nate McMillan, four years with the Pacers, uh, I thought he was solid, but I think I may have mentioned this before in a previous episode, but I felt like, especially in the bubble, um, and, and, and really this this past season, uh, that the the team motto, which was the three T's, the team just wasn't, they weren't in line. And so, in some regards, you can kind of look at it and be like, all right, well, it's probably, uh, this is a good decision, I think. And uh, so, anyways... Uh, Nate McMillan was was great. Um, Well, whatever. I'm not really. I don't I don't really know how to criticize uh, a coach, but I just feel like. When I look at Nate Bjorkren, our new coach, there's definitely some differences, at least from from the start here that it seems. And so it could be a good change for the Pacers. So uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, But yeah, so so Nate Bjorkren is he's 45 he's got a couple kids um and to me he is just like a grinder um he's got a really interesting story the way he came up uh uh, let me start by this was the quote uh that i found for from him when he was announced as as the the head coach so this is his uh, i think i think i mentioned he was an assistant coach Last year, so this is his first head coaching position in the NBA, he says i'm honored to take on the role as head coach of the Indiana Pacers. This is something I prepared for during my career, I want to thank Kevin Chad Kelly Larry bird Donnie Walsh and Herb and Steve Simon for this opportunity, I also want to thank Nick nurse for giving me my first professional coaching job 14 years ago. I'm looking forward to working with this great team to achieve our goal as NBA champions good I think we're all in agreement that's the goal and um so that's just what you know that's just what uh his opening statement was but like the more I got into him so basically this was the research I just kind of I like watched a couple videos on YouTube he has like a, there's a really good one it's like 15 minutes long um about him in Toronto uh but he's just a, he's just a seems like a, he's got a super interesting background so like um, let me just kind of, so like why I'm excited about Nate Bjorkman. Uh First of all, his risk taking and the amount of sacrifice that it seems that he's going to put in to get, to get something done, like right out of, let's see. So like he was a division three player in college. And then from there he goes, doesn't play basketball after college and, uh, and then this is a, while he's while he's playing in high or while he's playing in college, his coach is Nick Nurse. So Nick Nurse at that time was coaching D three, uh, college basketball. So then Nate Bjorkren goes into high school coaching. So he's coaching out of high school, and he's the head coach at like twenty three years old, and he's basically doing everything. He's um, he's coaching like five sports, teaching a class. Um, and then, obviously, focused on coaching the basketball team, and I found it interesting that he had like he had to earn like a CDL because he was a CDL license because he was driving the driving this team to games and stuff, and that's pretty cool to think about. Like I, I understand the idea of like a coach be or a um like a, a a coach being a former NBA player, but it's like a really different path for someone to at one time be a high school coach and then to end up making it into the, um, NBA as a head coach. So it's, he has, you know, he's a, he's a grinder. He started from the bottom and he was awesome at it. So turns out he wins coach of the year in the state of Arizona. So I don't know if his team, I would assume maybe his team probably won this, the championship, or I don't know why you'd get the coach of the year if your team didn't win. Um, but anyway, it's like so. He, his teams had success in high school, and then um, you know he did that for a, a couple of years, and then decided to just take a chance, take a risk, and he was willing to leave the success that he had as a high school coach and uh, take a risk that could end up, you know, you could end up falling all the way on your face and have to go begging for a high school job back if it doesn't work out or whatever. But anyways, um, I just find it really interesting that he was, he was willing to, to put away the high school coaching success that he had and take a chance and go be a volunteer assistant uh, for, it was the Iowa, I think it was the Iowa Energy uh, in the NBA D-League or G-League. I think it's the G-League now. But it was the D League at the time. And um, so he go he he goes and gets a coaching position with Nick Nurse, who elevated his game from head coach in college basketball to head coach in the G League. So neighbor or you know, Jorgen teams up with Nurse again for the second time in their careers as assistant coach or volunteer assistant coach, head coach. They he has That that team has great success. They win a championship in the G League. Um, And these guys are just like... Seems like they're just... They're just coaching their asses off all the time. Like coaching hard. Like being busy. Being disciplined. Um, And then... He gets a chance. So he's having success as an assistant coach in the G League. Then he gets a chance to be his head coach in the G League. So he takes the job... um, I forget. I don't know where he went, but then now he's in the head coach in the G League. Nick Nurses, Nick Nurses, our head coach in the G League. And the two of them meet in the G League Championship one year. And so it's like, man, these guys are like, they could, you know, I don't know what the players, I mean, the players play the game. And um, I think ultimately the players matter more than coaching. But I guess like great coaches, you know, they win and and i think winning at all levels is a good shows shows a lot it makes it it's it makes it more believable that you actually had a lot to do with the outcome of the season whenever you can do it at multiple levels at different places and so so navy yorkran and then nick nurse boom they're coaching against each other in the finals uh nurse wins that N- nurse wins that battle um and then nurse gets promoted to head coach of the Toronto Raptors, and then brings along Bjorkren as an assistant. And so I, I believe that Bjorkren and Nurse went to Toronto at the same time. I'm, I'm like 99% sure about that. And then they win a championship, an NBA championship the first year. It's like, yeah, they had Kawhi, um, but they still won the championship. And I think that was, I mean, it surprised me for sure um uh, I didn't expect Toronto to win last year or 2 years ago now but they did and Nate Nick Nurse and Nate Bjorkren, you know those were the coaches so he's had success at all these levels his uh commitment and sacrifice to like I don't know I mean I mean I this you know I I I this is I was I'm cautious right now because I'm I'm very now that I've been following the Pacers pretty intently for the past couple years. It's like I get really excited about new people. Like I'm just thinking about Goga, how excited I was about Goga, and I talked myself into him being an All Star um, in his career. And I'm not giving up on that, but I just didn't look good the first year, so uh, I would be a little bit more cautious if I were to redo that now. But I I am feeling the same same way with Bjorkren. Like I'm thinking he's I'm thinking he's going to I'm thinking he's he's our savior. Um you know, but that's what that's what you do when you're a fan. You're allowed to just, you know, allowed to think that way I suppose. Uh let's see what else do, what else do I like about Bjorkren? Um to me he seems very relationship driven, which is something that the coaching staff was talking about. Uh, what they're looking for in a candidate like he's he wants to be involved in the players um lives like in whatever in whatever capacity the individual player wants that to be and it's i think that's i don't know i don't know what what that that's probably good because then it's like if you're a player that wants the coach to like kind of talk to you a lot and, and give you a lot of attention then He's probably gonna he's gonna recognize that and he's gonna give that to you. But if you're someone that's kind of like, nah, I'm good, man. Like, just let me do my job, and you know, we're good. Like, because people are different. Not everybody, you know. I'm, i this is obvious, but like, not everybody wants to be coached the same way. So, having someone who's willing to be adaptable to the individual player, I think is uh, is gonna be cool. And from what I've heard, it sounds like that's something that Nate McMillan wasn't the best at, which was he kind of had his way of doing things. And it's just kind of like you guys figure out the rest. Like this is my job. I I don't know what I. I, So this maybe is different. And um, another thing that I I picked up from some of the stuff I was looking into the uh, looking into Bjorken about was he was talking uh, in the press conference about wanting to play um like with a lot of like the uh, the depth of the roster like using the depth of the roster all twelve guys as weapons. And like just that mindset alone, just to, I think just to vocalize that, if I were the 12th man or the 11th man or the 10th man on a team, and the expectation was that the coach would want to use all 12 of those spots, like at, I mean, it's not going to be like the last three minutes of the playoff game, but it's going to be like in the regular season when we want to try a matchup or something or, or, you know like calling on guys at different times so encouraging them to be ready all the time i just i feel like that's that's pretty cool knowing that you that that you could be used that way and obviously it depends on the player if if they can pull it off or not but um yeah so like he i think he i think i think Jorgren's going to be strong at relating to the players and um, he seems very, like, encouraging. Um, he obviously has a passion for basketball. Uh, there was a there was a video that I saw out there with Bjorkren coaching his daughter, who's, like, 10 years old. She's, like, dribbling, doing dribbling drills in the hallway at their home. And he's, like, coaching her through the drill, and she's 10, and she's so good at dribbling the ball. Like, And she's doing these passes, like, I was super impressed. I was like, damn, she's really good. Um, but just listening to him actually like coach her through the workout and like encouraging her as she goes and stuff, it's like that's a good – That I mean, that's what makes a good coach. And so uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about him just kind of like as a person too leading the team. Um. What else? Uh, let's see. He's known to be – kind of innovative there's and and this is something i've heard from a lot of other podcasts but i think it's really interesting uh so boxing one defense which is something that you would play like in high school or i remember the first time i got introduced to the boxing one defense was in fifth grade uh because there was this kid at this one school that was in our conference that we'd play like two times a year and we had played it yeah it was fifth grade and he was just lighting us up um like he was the he would I mean he just beat our team all the time. So we did this box and one defense which is basically just one guy face guarding the best player while the other four guys just kind of like play defense on on the other four guys. So <laughs> that's I think I think I think going to be able to break down the box and one defense a little bit better than I can, but essentially what I'm getting at is he played he was responsible for playing that defense in the NBA finals against Golden State Warriors. And it was, it was like, it, it was some of the success of the team winning that championship gets attributed to like that, that call. And so for someone to play that kind of defense at that level, it's just like he's thinking outside the box. He's not, he's not, he's not set in his ways. He's willing to adapt on the fly. He's willing to adapt by the game, by the matchup. Um, another thing that I loved that Bjorken was saying was, like it's all about playoff success. It the regular season matters, but it, the regular season is your 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 kind of like your training camp in a way for the real season which is the playoffs. And and by that it's more like based off of who they're going to play, they are going to make moves even if it like the the ultimate goal is to win the game but let me let me back that up. Ultimate was the wrong word. You want to win the game, but the ultimate goal of the NBA regular season is to have your team the most prepared for the playoffs. So that means... Um, recreating playoff-like situations during the regular season. So, you know, only play... I, I don't know what that... I just think that... Um, That's pretty cool. He's innovative. Um, I like he, he was saying that his style of play is gonna be disruptive. Uh it's gonna be a fun, fun brand of basketball. Uh kind of kind of up and down. And I think it's gonna be good, man. I I really, I really do. Um oh, one thing that I thought was cool. So like there was this in this in this document, or it's 15 minutes, this YouTube thing on him. Uh, but it showed there's like some footage of when Nick Nurse Nick Nurse was the head coach but Bjorkren, I believe you know he was the assistant at the time or with, with him they 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 walked into the locker room of Toronto and it was just kind of like we made it um this is all, this is quite alright you know so it was that was that was a really cool moment uh and i don't know so we'll we'll see we'll see with Bjorkren. Um, I was listening to something about uh, Rasheed Wallace and Bonzi Wells, two former NBA players. They were like, "This is a terrible hire. I don't, I don't understand this." Um, but for the most part, like the podcast that I listened to, I think I think people are pretty uh, excited about this hire. Like they think the Pacers did a really good job. Um, so that's encouraging. I mean, we, we might we might have we might have ourselves the coach. You know up for the future and we're ready I'm, I'm ready i mean i would say like i'm really excited to watch like a different style of basketball offensively from the pacers um it and i think we it, and this and i'll get into like some of the roster stuff but with this team coming back next year it's interesting to think like maybe we you know it, it, Maybe maybe the best team that we have is what we have right now, and I think that it'll be really interesting to me. Like I think the Pacers are either gonna, I don't know, make a make a make a couple big moves, or or leave or leave the team just completely as is, um, and because it could. T- I mean, all right, let me, let me finish up on 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 Bjorkman here because this this is exactly what I, what I was getting to about the team now. So. One of the things that I like about him is, potentially, it could be a sense of freshness and positivity with our players. The, the players that we had on the team last year, many of them are on contract for next year. Um. So this is just kind of like it could just be PR stuff. I don't know, but like Miles Turner on Twitter after a, the hiring of Bjorken was like, "Let's welcome our new coach, Indy." Okay, or it's, let me. I don't. Why did I say it like that? Let's welcome our new coach, Andy. So he's kind of like, let's welcome him. But Turner, I brought I bring Turner up because he's a guy who's been uh, mentioned in trade talks and stuff. Um, TJ Warren, he oh this is interesting. So TJ Warren, when he was with Phoenix uh, before he came to the Pacers, Nate Bjorken was actually the player development coach for. Uh, phoenix so they have a relationship already um, um i heard malcolm brogdon he mentioned having lunch with bjorkren um basically like he was excited about him uh oladipo had a thing where he i haven't quote so i don't i don't have the full quote but he says i'm a pacer i'm a pacer um and he's like i don't know where these trade rumors are coming from and and whatnot, but like, and I've also kind of—I think I may have heard somewhere that he might have been texting, uh, Coach Bjorken already. So Oladipo is obviously a huge question mark uh, about this team moving forward into next season. Um, and there's a there's just there is a ton of there's a ton of rumors out there right now, which is I don't know if that's rare. It kind of feels like it's rare for the Pacers. At least I don't remember it being this way last year. Um, but like, Vic is a uh, Vic is in trade talks right now, and there's, he I I just the most recent one I heard was the Lakers, the Knicks, and Dallas are interested in him. The Pacers are, from what I've heard, the Pacers are listening to, like Oladipo is on the market to be traded, but it's got to be at the right price, and at the same time they're also like wanting to offer Vic the contract extension that he's looking for. Um, I think the, the number I saw was four years, 113 million. Now that, so that's like 20, I don't know, like just like 27, maybe million a year. So it's not like, I don't think that's max money, which is what Oladipo probably thinks he wants. I mean, that's obviously, that's what he wants would be max money. Um so to me you're kind of like, all right, Ola Depot, if it comes down to like, does he want to be here or not? And if he does, then sign the contract and let's let's go on, man. And and let's let's move on with the new coach. But I just don't think that's probably the case uh, at the end of the, at the end of this. So we got the new coach. Um oh let me let me get back into so like that's, that's who's interested in Oladipo. Depot Turner um we've I've heard rumors from about New Orleans pelicans um uh, Golden State Warriors uh Boston you know so two of our two of our best players are the are are being they're out there in rumors right now about being traded um but you don't see, you don't hear that about like T.J. Warren or uh, Domas Sabonis or Malcolm Brogdon. So it's hard to say if these rumors are, if there's, if there's actual truth to those or or, or what. But regardless, they're out there. Um, so it's really fascinating to imagine what might happen if the Pacers were to move off of Villa Depot and Turner. And okay, I think I got. This is exactly how I. It, it's like on one hand. I think I would, I would love to see this team come back exactly how they are. With a healthy Oladipo leading the team, and Miles Turner, happy to be on the team, happy with his role. Domas Sabonis, healthy from the, the plantar fasciitis. TJ Warren, just cooking with fire, 53 points. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, staying healthy all season. Like, those five, Give me some Aaron Holiday off the bench. And give me some. I might I go to Goga. I, I want to see Goga get really good this year. But we'll see about that. I that's not I'm not gonna count that right now. Um I don't know. I think I think I just we have a really strong five. So I like I love that path. I hope that's the way that it goes. But I don't on the other hand, if if there's some truth, if depot doesn't want to be in Indiana, miles turner isn't happy doesn't want to be on this team and the team is not like the team that that we saw um to, to close out the bubble that got swept by the heat like that that kind of shit team that we saw um i don't know if the coaching change is enough to like jump start that team and make them make everything right again i don't know so if it's not then let's let's get creative let's get Let's get creative here. So if if it's not Turner, Sabonis, Oladipo, Warren, and Brogdon, if we're willing to get rid of Oladipo, then we might as well get rid of. Uh, I think. Well, let me let me back up because I don't know the complexities of the relationships, but if if it's like an Oladipo only problem and everybody else is cool with what's going on, then you move Oladipo. But if it, if it's like an Oladipo and Miles Turner. I, I think you, you move both of them now and um, we have to, we have, it's hard. It, it's hard, it, you don't want to say we have time. Like we're going to compete next year, but let's listen to, let's listen to what's out there and know that if it, if, if, if the commitment isn't there right now and maybe, maybe it is and hopefully it is, but if it's not there from all five of those guys, let's cut ties. Let's move into a d- different direction I've seen some pretty good stuff out there that the Pacers could get in return. Um, I've seen Miles Turner linked with Golden State for like the number two pick in the draft coming up next week. Um, that might be far far fetched, but um, I've seen the, uh, New Orleans maybe maybe swinging something with like uh, Drew Holiday, um, who's who's borderline All Star level guard um, would be nice. I mean, I'd be happy. I, a holiday to me is an upgrade over all the depot. Um, I don't know if that that would be the swing. I know New Orleans would want Turner, so there's just ton. Of, there's a ton of different things I could go out there. But what I'm getting at is there. There seems to be some value. There is some value out there. So if the team, if you look at those five and you know that they're they're done, and maybe that's what the the front office uh, saw at the bubble. They knew that it was done. The team. The team it's there's relationships that were cut and if it may you know if that's the case then let, let's move on but if it was just a uh, the team and nate i don't know nate mcmillan is who i'm talking about maybe the just the swap at the head coach position can mend up mend all it mend everything so hopefully that's the case but we'll see so with with Bjorkren, um we're gonna have uh well, almost completely new coaching staff. So Dan Burke is no longer going to be with, with the Pacers. He signed, and and this is interesting because all these guys already have jobs again next for next season, but Dan Burke and Popeye Jones are, are going to the Philadelphia 76ers who this offseason hired Doc Rivers to be their coach. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Nate McMillan, I just saw actually I think I might be breaking news on this one, but Nate McMillan um, was hired as the assistant coach for the Atlanta Hawks and then that means that Bill Baino, and honestly, I think I like Bill Bano the, the most out of all those. I, I think I it sometimes I'd probably answer Dan Burke, but my heart tells me that I like Bill I like Bill Baino the most of the assistant coaches. So I'm happy to see him around. And then I heard um, from somewhere that Bill Beno's out in LA right now, working out with uh, Domas and Aaron holiday. It's like, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love Domas and Aaron holiday. Uh, I'm so excited for those, those those two guys. And don't give me some goga. Like I want, I, I want to see those three guys, how they look next year so bad. Um, but so, yeah, so the Pacers, so the staff is Bill Baino, Greg Foster, who I didn't know much about Greg Foster, but he was a former NBA player. He's been a he's been assistant coach with a couple of different teams. And um, he seems like I mean, I don't know. I'll to be honest, I don't know much about Greg Foster. Um, he's a big guy. I do know that. So I would imagine he's kind of that bigs coach. But we'll see. Uh the next guy I know a little bit more about because I I kind of did some in, some some digging in on him, but uh, they hired Caleb Canales, or you know I may have pronounced the name wrong, um, but he was with he he oh this was yeah so he has a similar st- story to uh, Bjorken where he started out coaching high school and then just kind of worked his way up and fact, now he's found himself he was like a video coordinator for a team and you know, just did all sorts of, uh, sorts of stuff to work himself up, to work himself up. And, um, now he's on the, he's on the staff, uh, with the Pacers, which I guess looking into it, he had actually coached, um, he had already been an assistant for, I think Portland prior to the Pacers. So, uh, it's still, it's, he, that's who, that's who we hired. Uh, he's like a younger guy. Um, and I'm just curious if, if, uh, uh, of hired these these coaches or if this was something that the Pacers front office decided to like fill out the fill out the assistant staff I would hope that they gave the decision up to to Bjorken, but um I don't I just don't know where the ties are um with these with these people but they they might be there and I'm just not aware aware of it so um yeah, so that that's cool. So we got we got a new coach. I'm, I'm pumped about him. We have a, we have a, um, you know, it's new season coming up, and we'll see how it goes. Cheers to the Nate Bjorken era. Um, all right, so now I'm gonna I want to do my. This is the player recaps. So I'm gonna hit on Alize Johnson to start off here. Alize. Uh, cool video add-on. I, I, I'm basically just reporting on Pacers Reddit, uh, but he bought his mama house, and so there's a there's a cool video uh, out there if you want to check that out. But uh, essentially, my my summary of Alize Johnson is just not enough data. We don't know uh, what kind of NBA player he is because he just didn't get any minutes and. I know that he spent quite a bit of time in the G League this year and was crushing it. Like I think he'd have, you know, he was flirting with like 20 point, 20 rebound nights. Um, I like Alize, like he has a good body, like six, I think I think he's like six seven. Um, he's oh wait, I I don't know if this I have six nine. He might be that to me seems like a typo. In my spreadsheet, I've I've I have him down at six nine. Um so, great size and he's an he's very athletic. Um but yeah, it's just hard to say and and he's not guaranteed for next year. So, we'll we'll see if he ends up um you know, getting picked up again. I have a feeling that this past season was probably the last uh we'll see from Alize Johnson. Um the next guy is, that I want to talk about is Jakar Sampson. So, Jakar uh, was a guy that barely made the roster to the start of the season. And he was he was good. He impressed me this year. For the role that he had to start with, I thought that he outperformed, he out, he, he outperformed everything. Um was it good enough to invest in more of? I mean, he's and he's pretty redundant to me with Alize Johnson. But so Jakar comes in at 6'7, but plays kind of that power forward type role. Uh he he played a shit ton of minutes in the playoffs against Miami. I remember he played he 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 came in for Turner a couple times. He was essentially our backup center. He actually that that's what he was because Gogo wasn't playing and uh Sabonis was hurt. But you know, Jakar he's 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 got a lot to bring to the table in I think in, in a role. Like he He's kind of that energy, energy guy that you know is good athletically. He's disruptive. Like there might, I mean, if if you look at if Nate Bjorkren is is in twelve guys that have almost like chess pieces that he can use. I mean, Jakar has a role that he can come in and and bring you energy and toughness. And so he's not guaranteed for next season, but he's a guy that I would like to see the Pacers. Um, Honestly, I'd like to see the Pacers bring him bring him back. Like, I think he could be a nice piece. He's only 26. Um, like, why not? I mean, he I thought everything was good with him. He he plays tough. He's got a seven foot wingspan. Um honestly, he was he was the most I think he put performed the best as any pacer player um in the in the playoffs. Uh, Oh, let's see. I made a note here. Potential to be impactful, impactful role player specializing in energy, hustle, defense, mayhem, toughness. Um, If he could develop any type of finesse, uh, you know, shooting free throws, he's shot 15% from the three from the three point line. Uh, If he could develop any type of shot, just be like below average. Just don't be like God awful. I mean, that's not even that we don't even want him shooting them. So that's. That's not the point. Don't even don't even try to develop that stuff. Focus on your, what you're good at, which is energy, hustle, defense, mayhem, and toughness. Uh, so I'm actually, you know, I'm kind of buying Jakar Sampson stock. I I was shocked that he was only 26 um, when I came back to this. So, and he's been with five teams already. Like he's bounced around. He's had he's he hasn't had a chance to. Uh, to really develop into a role. So you guys are, I think, I think bringing back Jakar Sampson would be a, would be a, not a bad idea with that size. And that's where the Pacers, I, you know, TJ Warren is, I love him. Um, But we just, I think we need more uh, athleticism and toughness. And like that, that backup role, not like that Doug McDermott type softness. That's pretty vague but that's what I'm saying about your car. uh bring him back. Edmund Sumner Edmund had like a couple really bright spots this year oh like maybe just start the season. I remember the first three games he was he was uh he was kind of the bright spot he I think he had a couple starts um let's see. I think he let's see, okay, let me let me get my head around what I want where I want to go with this. Okay, here we go. Will Sumner earn a more prominent role? That's the question. I mean, he's on the team next year, which I'm definitely good with. I think he could potentially be could he be our backup shooting guard? So running out like our second unit with Aaron Holiday, Edmund Sumner. I don't mind that if if Sumner can perform, he needs to get better at knocking down the three pointer. Uh, I think he could be an elite perimeter defender. He's good now, but he could be better. I think just getting more playing time. Uh, let me go back. He's not that old. He's twenty. Yeah, he's twenty three. Um, let's see what else. Like I. I he could if he could learn some stuff from TJ McConnell like just being around TJ McConnell playing defense that way um i love Sumner and he just needs to he needs to get like i guess and this year will probably will probably tell us if he's going to make it uh or not but um hopefully this next year he has a healthy season gets gets consistent minutes in whatever his role is i see him as having a higher he could have a higher role or than uh Jakar Sampson but we'll see especially with with Jeremy Lamb being injured to start the season there there's actually there's minutes there for Sumner to be our backup shooting guard but it also depends on what the Pacers do with the roster so this is assuming that it's the same as now um yeah oh I'm I'm wrong actually this so he actually has two more years left so the Pacers actually picked up his option this past season and so he's on the team this next year and the year following um this season he what about Sumner like I'm trying to think he he had moments for sure that were, were enjoyable um but another guy that we just didn't see see too much of um okay moving on TJ Leaf. TJ Leaf it didn't play at all this season. DNP City, baby. Um, at this point in time, he just to me, he doesn't seem like he should really be on the team. I don't know. It's just like he doesn't really give you much to like. Um, but I don't know. Maybe he's like a great teammate and everybody loves him. and I don't know. But... This year was no better than last. Um This was actually his least productive season of his career. So this is this was his third season. He only played in 28 games. Got 7 minutes of action a game. I don't see at this point or as of last season, he he was not a rotational player. Um it might be over for TJ Leaf, but who knows? It also he was a guy that the Pacers took with like the 18th pick. Um, he's only, He's still only 22 years old, um, or, t- or 23. So, I don't know. We'll see about TJ Leaf. Um, and then the last guy I want to talk about is Goga Batase. Um, so, I, I said Goga I thought was going to be an all-star eventually. I think that it could still happen. Um, he still has a soft touch. He's got good form, good sh- like a good shooting form. He looks he looks solid at the free throw line, um, and he showed flashes of this. All he showed flashes during the season, like he would have moments where you're like, oh, that's that's what it is, um, like pre- uh, protecting the paint, blocking shots. I think he's got you know he's got great size. With, no, great is a strong word. Um, James Weissman has great size. Goga has good size and average to slightly below average athleticism. But um, I think he still has a really high ceiling for us. We just need to get him comfortable. So when I think about Goga's rookie season, he just wasn't ready. And the game seemed way too fast. He seemed like he was just thinking about where to be, more so than just playing the game. And I went back and I watched some of the highlights from Goga uh before uh it would have been from two seasons ago. So basically the se- the season that he played overseas um before coming over to the Pacers. And you're watching the guy play and you're just like that's what we that's that's what we want from him. If he could do that. Like he was playmaking, um like he won the, the rising star award of the Euro League that season. Like he was he was good. And and you're watching these highlights and you're like, man, this guy looks fluid. Um I don't know. We'll we'll see. This year he only got eight minutes a game. Um in three games he played more than twenty minutes. And then um I'd like to see that go to like 16 to 24 minutes a game if Goga could do that um increase those minutes let's let's let him get out there and just figure it out um and then let's start let's start reaping the rewards of this guy uh i just want to see him play and, and not be so stiff i'm uh, i'm willing to write this season off for goga and and bank that next year is going to be a lot better um Let's see. One thing that was really good, like he established himself as a, as a presence in the paint. So he, this, I looked this stat up. It's like he's had, he would, he averaged one block for every 12.7 minutes he played of action this year. So you extrapolate that out. If you were, you know, a role player playing like 18 to 24 minutes a game, he might be bringing you two blocks a game off the bench on average. Like that—that's that's a really good block rate. I don't know how that stacks up to the best guys in the league, but uh, one block every twelve minutes of action is pretty damn good. Um, he has he has the body, but he just he doesn't know how to use it right now. So he's always out of position when it comes to like defensive rebounding. He's not good at like setting screens. Uh, so I think you can fix that stuff, but. I think what I would like to see from Goga would just be a little bit tougher out there. And he's in his head a little too much. That's how that, that's what it felt like this season. Don't be afraid to show off that offensive game. Like, I want to see Goga shooting threes, getting up to down the floor, making highlight passes. Um yeah, highlight passes is probably a little strong. But, you know, he, he was watch those highlights from him when on the European uh when he's on the in the europe, europe european league. It was good. He he he's he it looks good. Um but yeah I just want to see Goga next year be be more assertive in the minutes that you're out there. Don't take a single minute for granted. Like earn those minutes hard and just like bring it in the paint and show show this team show show us fans what you can do and um make it like the best case scenario is that goga creates competition with like miles and it's like hey goga can kind of do what you can do miles um and here i am shitting on miles again if miles wants to be here i want him here but it wouldn't hurt like that's it would be great for the pacers if gogo's goga's level of play started to reach the production and stuff that miles turner is giving us that would be awesome uh, we just need it we need more he he averaged three points and two rebounds so um but i I, look, I have hope I have hope that Goga's gonna give it to us and um we'll be ever the better for it so that's that on those five guys that's the that's the bottom five uh the, the next episode I'll do some more um but yeah and then ba- the, basically. The Pacers are going to be back in action, well, the schedule hasn't been released yet, but the season for the NBA starting back up on December 22nd. So we are just over a month and 10 days or 11 days away from regular season games that matter NBA basketball, which is crazy because normally we haven't even had the draft yet. And so... Under normal circumstances, the draft would be in June. And in the first regular season game wouldn't come till middle of October. That's four, four or five months. This is this time it's gonna happen in a month and ten days. It's gonna be a, actually it's gonna be just a month probably because the draft isn't even till next week. Um so it's gonna be bananas the next couple the next couple of weeks and then going right into the regular season. Uh for the NBA this year. So this season is going to be 72 games. Normally it's 82. This season it'll be 72. And then the goal would be to finish the season like they would have pre COVID. So get back on the old calendar year lineup, finish the, the finals in early June, do the draft in late June, that kind of stuff. Um, Some other news, the Pacers are going to bring back T.J. McConnell. So there was a chance that McConnell wasn't going to be back on the team. Uh, But this year, or now we know, he he is going to be back on the team next season, which I'm definitely good with. I love McConnell. I think there's definitely a role on a 12-man roster for McConnell. So I'm definitely good with him um, being picked up. The NBA draft is November 18th. We're a week away from that. Right now, the Pacers, they don't have a first-round pick, which kind of sucks. Um, they traded that one to uh, to Milwaukee to get Malcolm Brogdon, so if that was worth it. It's okay. Um, but we have a second-round pick, so I think they picked 54th. But the one thing that could be interesting is, you know, there's there's rumors out there of Pacers or, you know, teams maybe offering up higher draft picks for Myles Turner. So we, we might be picking... Maybe we will pick. Maybe we will end up having a first-round pick. So, but as of right now, if 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 the draft comes as we are today, there's nothing. there they won't have a pick until number 54. And at that time, what? I mean, I think you just swing for the fences with a pick like that. Um, and I don't know. I don't even know. I don't. I know the least about the draft prospects this year, as I have in any other year. Just because of the way that the college basketball season was shortened. I've naturally stopped watching college basketball, not not nearly as much, and so. Anyways, I think you just swing for the fences with a with a pick like that, and then uh, let's see what else, what else, what else, uh, and then we're gonna have trades, free agents, training camp, NBA season, and we're rolling. So it's good to be back. It's it's we're here, and so as we as we look forward. Um. The biggest question for me is are we going to leave this team intact as it currently is constructed? Are we going to bring it back with with Vic and Miles and, and Domas and Malcolm and TJ Warren? I not if I'm good with that. I'm good with that. If if that is what everybody wants and, and we're excited, we got a new coach, new coaching staff, there's a different kind of energy. Um it could be it could be great. I think that's a hell of a team. Uh, and I will be super excited or is there moves that get made and if the moves get made I'm, I'm okay with that because that means that the that, that core of five probably wasn't going to be able to work it out so I'm I'm good with us cutting ties and and moving on so um last you know I, I touched on on these guys it'll it'll it's it's most of this team is going to be back next year and uh, but we might be saying goodbye to, well, I'm assuming we'll be saying goodbye to Brian Bowen. He's the guy that had the long curly hair. Uh, Naz Mitru Long came in and had that one game. I think he started at point guard. I think it was against Brooklyn, if I remember correctly, and played really well. But ultimately just spent most of his time in the G League. Um, Alizé Johnson, who I talked about. I don't. I, that might have been our last time seeing Alizé. Jakar Sampson we shall see hopefully not and then the big question mark is is justin holiday and are the pacers going to be able to bring him back i i'm a little i don't know I'm, I'm not quite as high on justin holiday as i think a lot of people are i like justin holiday though so i would not i would like to see the pacers bring him back but if we're i, I don't know they i wouldn't I, I could see possibilities where there's there's better options out there and out, that I could get more excited about. I mean, we have McDermott to play that back. I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to see. We'll have to see what happens with, with Holiday. But, uh, yeah, so thats is, that is that. That is episode number 57. And I just uh, thank everybody for tuning in, checking it out. Um And we're going to we're going to see we're going to have a lot of a lot of new information coming soon. And and the NBA is going to be back. So we are we can be thankful for the for basketball to be returning. And so, uh, yeah, we shall go from there. Hope everybody has a great week. Peace out, friends.